If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar. This is episode two of two featuring Dr. Lauren Averill, chair of the Department of Medical Imaging at the Nemours Children's Hospital in Wilmington and one of her predecessors in that role, Dr. Ted Harkey, who is also one of Lauren's mentors. They'll touch on a variety of topics, including work-life balance, the effects of the growth of technology in healthcare, the standard practice that Dr. Harkey helped to pioneer for the diagnosis and treatment of dysplasia of the hip in infants, and the satisfaction derived from practicing radiology with a balance of education, clinical practice, and research. They refer to it as the three-legged stool. But first, it may surprise you to learn that Dr. Harkey has another career as a military forensic radiologist. His time with the Army goes back to his days as a cadet at the Point, West Point, and comes full circle with his medical career in the days that followed 9-11. Here's Dr. Ted Harkey. I grew up to be a professional soldier. That's what I had pointed towards. And after I graduated from the military academy at West Point, I went on uh, active duty. I was a combat engineer and uh, decided uh, over the first few years of military uh, duty that I didn't want to spend 30 years in the military. So I uh, got out and ended up going to uh, medical school using the uh, GI Bill and uh, became a uh, doctor but didn't continue the military service until uh, after my kids grew up. I uh, went back part-time in the military, got reconnected. And so I was uh, connected with the military since 1990. And uh, by the time 9-11 came, I was heavily involved and uh, decided to just go back on active duty full-time. And I, I did it through radiology, through radiology pathology setup that the Army had, which um, at the time of 9-11, we looked at the casualties from the Pentagon, and we had to um, identify the remains and so forth from the uh, Pentagon casualties. That launched my career as a forensic radiologist. And I uh, continued uh, on that time with the military setting up their uh, program that we decided at the beginning of the war was going to involve the autopsy of every casualty. And so that's done at uh, Dover Air Force Base. And I think you've probably seen on the news that the planes arrive with the flag draped caskets. But at Dover, uh, since the beginning of the war, we have done all the uh, casualties. And I was there after I set up the program with the CAT scanner, the virtual autopsy, 
which examines the remains and helps to plan for the autopsy and collect the evidence of injury and to also provide a permanent archive. So we have a permanent archive of every casualty. So I've been working there either in uniform or when I retired and hung the uniform up, they hired me back as a government employee. I'm part-time there now because fortunately the war has diminished, but it hasn't completely gone away. And then as the armed forces medical examiner, we also do work not only for the uniform services, but we also do consultations with the government, the State Department, Federal Bureau of Investigation, so forth, so forth. It's been another career as a forensic radiologist. Ted has been able to bring that back to pediatric radiology as well through the virtual autopsy program in pediatric radiology and has developed some of our staff members to continue that work. It's really interesting to see how that military career that Dr. Harkey has had can kind of come full circle back to pediatric radiology. I started out in pediatrics. I was going to be a pediatrician. I uh, uh, switched over from pediatrics to pediatric radiology because I was intrigued by the machines and the uh, the x-rays and the contact I had uh, with a couple of uh, uh, well-known pediatric radiologists, one of them, Dr. Bournes, obviously, and then uh, Dr. Kirkpatrick from Philadelphia and Boston. But most of my, you know, impactful moments uh, came when I was actually on the clinical side of things as opposed to the radiology sides of things. In the radiology side of things, you're uh, not quite so connected to the patient. Uh, That's one of the downsides of radiology is you don't have as much patient contact as some of us uh, would enjoy having more of. Yeah, those little moments where you say, you know, you kind of step back and say, wow, that was really cool or really great. It tends to be kind of a, an internal moment in radiology, like in your own mind, where you have a chance to reflect. I remember having that conversation with one of our, my staff members last year when she made a great call and kind of saved the day for this kid, but the kid will never know it was her. Like it'll never, you know, that's, that's not where radiology, that's not where you kind of derive that kind of satisfaction from, you know, I'm never going to get the, the praise or from the family necessarily, because you're, you're behind the scenes, you're part of the system, but kind of knowing you did a great job that day, like that's, that's where you can kind of take on that personal satisfaction. So we had that discussion about that kid will never know that you saved his testicle. You know, it was a great call, and um, but you did. The other thing that we we have the benefit of, you know, in terms of academic radiology, is the success of our residents, our students. Part of the satisfaction of what you do is when your people do well. You know, when you see people that you taught that go on to become head of the Alfred I. DuPont uh, Hospital for Children Department of Radiology, and you go, okay, you know, that, that's rewarding when you see the achievements of, of uh, yeah. people, people like Lauren, who you knew as residents. That, that's important. Dr. Everell, tell me what you're most proud of from working at Nemours. I'm really proud that as we've grown and, you know, the technology becomes more complex, our days get busier, we've been able to maintain the culture that Dr. Harkey helped establish 
of you know really just everyone working together for the mission of taking care of children and uh, really fulfilling DuPont's promise to the state of Delaware and the children. So I think that we've been able to maintain a, a great collegial atmosphere where it's, it's all about the teamwork, doing the best job we possibly can, providing compassionate care while our lives have just become busier and busier. Dr. Harkey, what has been uh, most memorable for you and what are you most proud of? Well, I think I, I have to uh, go back to the uh, old days of doing ultrasound of the baby's hips, which uh, started in about 1982 when uh, we were preparing for the move to the new hospital. But of course, you can't put equipment in the new hospital until the new hospital's built. But the one piece of equipment that we were able to get, which didn't hook up, it just plugged in, was the uh, ultrasound machine. And so um, when I arrived at DuPont and started my research there, one of the first things I did was to get the uh, ultrasound machine And uh, we began looking for opportunities for ultrasound to be used in orthopedics. And one of the things we figured out was that you could use it to do imaging of the baby's hips at a time before the hips fully developed. We could see the cartilage component with ultrasound, whereas uh, you didn't see that on a regular x-ray. And we also had the kind of ultrasound that allowed you to examine the hip while you move the hip in the same way that the hip is moved by the clinician to examine the baby. uh, We were able to do that and watch what happened with ultrasounds. That launched the idea of ultrasound of hips for the uh, infant hip problem developmental dysplasia of the hip. And we've um, carried that through all of the development that technique goes through. You start out where nobody believes it, and then you convince people that it, it works a little bit, and then you play around with it for a while. You have to write papers. You have to uh, convince other people that it works. But uh, all of this has uh, migrated through the uh, decades with other people doing it as well. But this idea of hip ultrasound has caught on and it's become a technique that's used universally now. And it's one of the things that started way back at DuPont that's continued and grown and is now pretty much all over. It's a standard practice. Yes, ma'am. So Dr. Harkey, seeing how the department has grown and changed people mostly coming, but just staying with us until they retire, because that's the way DuPont works for radiology, that people love to come here and stay. I'm curious, what do you think that we're going to end up in the next five to 10 years on the trajectory we're at? I'm curious, from your perspective, you've seen such the long arc. What do you think is in our future? Well, I I think it's obviously got to be electronic. (laughs) And uh, what I think is that I'll use the word the enterprise. I think when we look at Nemours, and Nemours in a way has already, I think, led the way in what we now refer to as the Nemours enterprise, where uh, radiology has merged from uh, Delaware to uh, uh, Florida, multiple locations in Florida, you know, faculty in Pittsburgh. I think that what's going to happen is there may be more and more of these uh, giant mergers that occur 
in uh, radiology being done perhaps by Nemours in even a larger sense than exists already. Could be that you'll be managing the entire East Coast, Lauren, where uh, you'll have uh, radiologists in uh, multiple states and you'll be juggling things uh, pretty much the, the same way you are now, but even on a larger scale. You know, growing our partnerships is a, is a big part of our plan for the future. And it's really interesting because Dr. Harkey's hip technique is so personal, it's so hands-on. And of course, we train our sonographers who are excellent. But there's that push and pull of that electronic kind of enterprise model versus the hands-on patient interaction. And um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how we can continue to maintain that balance. The hip ultrasound is just a perfect example of that. Um, You need to get your hands on a lot of hips to feel really good about the procedure. And I've been really grateful to Dr. Harkey's mentorship for me in that regard. That's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on over the next, you know, five or 10 years, how much we disengage from the patient versus maintain that hands-on approach. One, one of the challenges for radiology leadership that Lauren is, is well aware of is uh, continuing to uh, balance the three-legged stool and continuing to uh, enable faculty to uh, have a, a career that does involve clinical research and education in however we, we work it with the electronics and personal opportunities, but the satisfaction of being an academic radiologist, in my opinion, very much depends on the ability to do those three things. If you take away any one of those three things, it's less satisfying as an academic radiologist. So the challenge for leadership is to enable that balance of that three-legged stool. And I'll tell you, Lauren, as you know already, that's not easy. No, it's not. I think we got a lot of good support. And part of that was is your legacy as well with some of the folks who you brought along in the research journey. You know, one of them still with us is Heidi Kexkamethi, who is helping lead our, our research team. So I think that we've got a lot of good things to continue to build upon, but it's really difficult. It's, there's only so much time. And the plain films just... Flame films. Here we go again with the flame film terminology, but they pile up. <laughs> it's a dilemma that all academic radiologists face. Time. Yes. Well, I mean, Dr. Harkey can talk about how volumes used to be versus today. Obviously, there were a lot of, you know, regular radiographs, but I'm not that old. But when I was on call in the evening at DuPont, I can remember very specifically if there was one or two CTs, it was like, whoa, this is a lot going on here tonight. Even when I was at the adult hospital, it would not be anywhere near the volume that we deal with now. It's just changed dramatically the 24-7 cycle. What's that volume like now? We probably do about 400 or so imaging studies a day here in the Delaware Valley. Per radiologist, it depends on what type of studies you're, you're reading. If you're just reading x-rays, it can be 100, 150 in one day. 
There's an incredible amount of pressure that's generated from the clinical workload and the uh, 24-7 support that's required of a a busy radiology department such as as Lauren runs. Again, uh, in in this era of uh, busyness, the issue of physician burnout is a real uh, real concern for all leadership in trying to manage and even forget the word burnout, but with the way scheduling works and the 24-7 type of thing, people are trying to figure out how to manage family time. Another big issue for all physicians, but for a radiologist in particular, because of the requirement for this 24-7 type of coverage. And that wasn't like that when you were coming up in the ranks, was it, Dr. Harkey? It was definitely a, a different type of thing. When I was a a fellow uh, in pediatric radiology up in Philadelphia, the requirement for the fellow was for one year you were to be on call 24-7. So I was literally on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a year. But then once you finished that and you went on the staff, then your call dropped off. It was maybe only one night of three that type of thing. And there was also, as Lauren knows, there was the support of residents in the hospital. Doctors are always, uh, their time is always a constraint, but I think the pressure of time is even more on today's radiologists because superimposed on the time commitment is the volume commitment. What does it feel like, Dr. Herkey, that you are leaving such a, a positive legacy at uh, AI DuPont and for the kids that you've served over these many decades? It's humbling. I have to say that I have several heroes that I look up to at DuPont. I I don't want to mention any names because some will might be left out, but uh, I would say the clinicians. The the thing that's uh, most satisfying is that I try to track myself to follow in the lines of these uh, these clinicians, the ones that particularly the surgeons, the orthopedic surgeons and people like that. These people are productive. They teach. They do everything. And they're kind of my, my role models. So I try to track in their footsteps. That keeps me going. And Dr. Averill, it sounds like you're also tracking in in Dr. Harkey's footsteps, among others, I'm sure. So carrying on the legacy, what does that feel like as you move yourself forward with education and research and clinical? It it can be daunting. Some days, you know, you... You just get so caught up in the in the moment of the, the, the day-to-day getting the work done and taking care of the immediate issues that I need to step back and sort of think, what would Dr. Harkey do as far as the vision? Dr. Harkey's always been great at, you know, seeing those opportunities, seeing the more long-term trajectory. And I think that that's, that's hard for me at times. And I got to channel his <laughs> his thought process sometimes to think about you know, how do we get to the next level? You know, keep pushing forward. Dr. Lauren Averill is chair of the Department of Medical Imaging at the Nemours Children's Hospital in Wilmington. She was joined in conversation by Dr. Ted Harkey, who headed up radiology at Nemours from 1983 to 1995. He continues to work part-time for the U.S. Armed Services as a military forensic radiologist. 
The Champions for Children podcast focuses on Nemours Associates and their stories. Why not tell yours? Taking part is as simple as emailing us at podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. Tell us a bit about your story and your availability for doing a remote podcast interview. Our production team this week has included Peter Adebi, Deborah Griffin, and Savannah Pettit. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. Don't forget the podcast is available on Nemoorsnet and the Nemours Now app, along with your favorite podcast app and your smart speaker. On behalf of Dr. Lauren Averill and Dr. Ted Harkey, I'm Carol Vassar, and we thank you for listening to this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children we serve.